production. On today's edition of Footy Talk, we're joined by Abby Holmes, who first of all gives us an update on SAS because it is flying and so is Abby. We'll chat all the news in the AFLW and men's AFL. And of course, we have a very special guest, Brisbane midfielder Isabel Dawes. That's all to come up next. This is Footy Talk, your daily dose of footy news, interviews and analysis from the world of AFL. Joined by Abby Holmes on this Thursday morning. It is Thursday. Yes, it's a bit like that. It is a bit like that, isn't it? The weeks are (laughs) flying by. You are one of the busiest people at the moment. You've got a lot going on. Before we get to the AFLW, I've got to ask you about SAS because it's taken the nation by storm. I'm loving it. A lot of people are. There's only three episodes to go. We're into our final week and there's five left and you are one of the five. And I must say, you are flying. You're doing such a great job job. It's very exciting. Have you enjoyed continuing to watch the show? I have. I have. It's been amazing to kind of relive it because we, of course, filmed this earlier in the year, um, end of February through mid-March, just before round one. And yeah, look, it's still hands down one of the hardest things that I've ever done in my life. But um, you really are at the mercy, I guess, of the production company and how it all gets cut together and edited. So it's been really intriguing to watch that and all of the stories behind it. But the actual production itself is unbelievable, isn't it? Like you you sit on the couch and watch at home, but over there in Jordan in the Middle East, um, like, you know, the bombs going off and, um, yeah, just the production itself. They do it very well. They do it so well. What was harder, mentally or physically? Uh, Physically I was fine. I felt like I was in the best kind of, I guess, physical shape of my life going into it and I knew that my body was going to get through. But, yeah, mentally and and psychologically, it's hands down the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Well, I've got a sneaking suspicion. I think you've been holding something from us. I've got a feeling you passed the course (laughs) because you are flying. You don't even look like it. I'm listening to the the guys and they're all saying, you know, that Abby's doing just ticks the boxes every episode, every task, every challenge. So good luck. We are watching. It's very exciting. Thank you very much. But we will get into the AFLW. And the big news of the week really was the tribunal, Mm. which isn't really a talking point in AFLW. Occasionally we have some incidents, but this one really captivated everyone, particularly on social media with Brittany Goodneck, the Western Bulldog. It was a massive tackle, to be fair. It was one of the great tackles. Oh, yeah. But she went to the tribunal for rough conduct, originally was facing a three-match ban for the tackle on Paige Shepard, but she got off. Right call? I think it's the right call. I thought that was one of the the best executed tackles Mm. I've ever seen in the AFLW, if I'm honest. But we saw, of course, the biggest, um, you know, ban the week prior with Najwa Allen Mm. missing for three weeks. So, um, and that in the context of a 10-week season is very significant. But I think this is the right decision for Goodneck. Um, Yeah, as I said, I absolutely loved that tackle. And um, yeah, I'm glad that she got Got the all clear. Yeah, so am I. I think that the frustration, there's still some from people, and I know, I think even Daniel Harford is one that's spoken about this, about the people think it just because it's too rough because they're females and mm. it's too rough. It doesn't exist. If no. it's something illegal, like Najwa Allen's bump was, yeah. that's fair enough, but you can't be too rough. If it's fair, it's fair, and that was a fair tackle. So the right result for the Western Bulldog, and they do head over, Abby, this is a big one, to take mm, on the yes. West Coast Eagles. So two teams down the bottom. We know the Bulldogs haven't won a game, but they are taking on now the West Coast Eagles without their coach because Michael Pryor has stepped down effective immediately. The Eagles have just won five of their 28 games since he took over in season six. Assistant coach Rowan McHugh will take over 
it's just a tough period for that football club in general, isn't it? Certainly is across both programs in the men's and women's, of course. But they've now had the three coaches since their inception into the competition in 2020, of course, Daniel Pratt before that, and then Luke Dwyer as well. So this is tough for the West Coast Eagles. They need to make sure that, you know, they they obviously do their due diligence looking for their next coach and, and really get the right person in the saddle um, to take this group forward. But this is a massive game, you yeah. know, for both sides, as you just said. Western Bulldogs, zero wins from eight games this year. And, and last weekend, going down by 57 points to the Sydney Swans, that's not good enough. Yep. That's not good enough in my mind. And um, I have absolutely no doubt in my mind that the Western Bulldogs will come out fuming against the Eagles this weekend. But on the contrary, they're obviously looking, uh, you know, they've got a really tough week this week with Michael Pryor stepping down. So they too will want to come out and prove a point. Yeah, and I know, I know Kate McCarthy's touched on the Western Bulldogs, but they are decimated with personnel too. Mm. They are really struggling and, and, yep. uh, and it's been a tough year for them, but good luck to, to them to see if they can knock off the West Coast Eagles. Hey, there's been some movement with the women's competition with the new CBA. And as of Monday, players will be able to re-sign, which is ditching the normal um, sort of sign and trade period. And the new CBA also means that now the players, which is what they wanted, Abby, they get 12-month contracts. Yes. So they get paid all year round. And now the contracts can be longer than two seasons. So you can secure someone long-term. The certainty is certainly great for the, for the women. This is great. This is great. This is what everybody's kind of been chasing uh, for a number of years now. So it's good to see the AFL and clubs, of course, being able to to make these little steps each and every season. So as you said, they'll be able to re-sign players from this coming Monday for 2024 and beyond. But I'm so excited to see the length of contracts that we're yeah. going to see coming up and, and of course, the inclusions in that and, and what it means for the athlete. Because at the end of the day, we want this competition to eventually be full-time so that these these incredible athletes can focus on their football and, and that in turn will just continue to grow the product and get, you know, bigger, better, faster, stronger each and every season. I want to see the first female get a seven-year contract yes. and then Kane Corns kicks up a stink <laughs> and says this is ridiculous. But it'll be interesting to see how long some players do get signed up for. Speaking of the, the men's competition, Laura Kane was on Gettable speaking about the changes to the men's CBA and believing there will be a mid-season trade period. That will come. They're working out the details on what it looks like. Are you a big fan? I am. I think it just adds to the excitement. I'm thinking about this trade period at mm. the end of season, how much people get into it. Imagine in-season yeah. when clubs can target a specific player they think can help them win a premiership. I, I'm a big fan of it. And I, you know, from a personal perspective as well, my fiancé, Keegan Brooksby, a ruckman, he's always been at clubs that have had pretty good ruck stocks. Yeah. Um, during times where there was other clubs that were really, I guess, struggling with their tall stocks and, and their rucks. So if, if you know, he then had the opportunity to go to a club that really needed the services of a ruckman and, and to utilise him as a tall, yep. then it, it just provides opportunity for those that might otherwise not get that opportunity if they are, you know, third or fourth ranked down the line. Yeah. So I'm a, a big fan of it. Yeah, and it's a win-win because the club that gets the player obviously need them and yeah. because they are so desperate to need them, they will probably pay overs. So the mm. club that are giving away a player will get probably a, a bigger return than they would get in a different scenario. So I think it's inevitable and I think it'll add to the competition. Speaking of the men's competition, interesting about this West Coast pick one, Abby, this Harley <laughs> Reid, my God, the kid. The pressure on him before he's even played a game is off the charts. But Melbourne, it's confirmed – 
offered three first-round selections. So wow. for pick one off West Coast, they offered pick six, pick 11, pick 42, which is just a little sweetener, but also their future first-round pick. So that would be somewhere in the teens again. So let's say six, 11, and another pick in the teens next year for West Coast. They knocked it back. Oh, my god. They goodness. want more. Imagine being Harley Reid, as you just said. There mm. is so much pressure on this young man, but... The number one pick, everybody knows that that's what he's going for. Um, West Coast at the moment, of course, have that pick. And, and Harley Reid has come out and said he's happy to play footy anywhere. He's happy to go anywhere. Um, but, yeah, he is certainly a Victorian product. So you would hate for him to go to West Coast for two years and then ultimately request a trade back to, you know, Victoria or, or somewhere closer. So, um, yeah, Melbourne certainly going hard. Yeah. And why wouldn't you? He is one of the best young stars that we've seen coming through the junior ranks. And I have absolutely no doubt that he's going to hit the AFL system running. Well, he certainly will. We'll keep an eye on that. There's still plenty of time, though, for West Coast to make a decision. I like that they're sitting tight. Yep. Because if that's what teams are offering now, wait till we get towards draft night, which is, I think, November 20. So they've mm-hmm. still got almost a month to take more offers. So I think they can sit and they can make it decision on the night. They can trade that pick when the start, when the uh, actual draft starts, Do you which think- would add to it as well. Imagine that. Bell goes, yeah. here we go. First pick is in and then it comes up. West Coast are trading pick one. Oh my God. And then we all hold sense. our breath to see who's getting it and what, it's, what they're going to get for it. Do you it. think they do trade it? What do you... I, I, my feel is I think West Coast have to because I think they need multiple picks. Yeah. They are so far away from having a young glut of talent. As great as Harley Reid's going to be, mm. three good kids is better than one. Yep. Uh, Harley Reid's not that good that he's going to be better than three of them. So it's an unfortunate situation for West Coast because they need lots of kids. So other teams like the Kangaroos or like Melbourne, they can be specific and say, we only need one one game changer for us is mm. all we really need. Yeah. I think West Coast probably will in the end yep. trade it, but uh, we'll sit and wait. Hey, we will get into the AFLW. There are some big games. We've got uh, Isabel Dawes joining us in a minute, the Brisbane Lions star. But I just want to quickly get you to touch on a couple of games, a couple of tips before we speak to Bell, because the big game of the weekend for me, a couple that are going to shape the top eight, Abby. There are nine teams within a game of each other Mm -hmm. fighting for the spot in the eight. We know the top four is pretty much set with the big four. Essendon and Carlton is a big one. It is. That's the two. And Richmond v Geelong. They are the two games. I just want you to have a quick little think about who can win those games because Prasparkas, of course, Matty Prasparkas playing against their old team, the Blues, that's going to be a beauty. And Richmond, Geelong, mm. two young teams up and coming, tough to pick. And Richmond is another club who's been decimated by injury too. So to think that they're, they're sitting in 11th spot, yes, of course, and then the Cats in eighth. But they need to win their last two games and then a few other results go their way in order to make the top eight. Uh, but the Bombers and Carlton, I cannot wait for that one, as you just said. Um, of course, Presparkas coming up against her old side. But Sunday as well, Adelaide Crows versus Kangaroos, yes. second v third. Yes, you know, these two sides are going to finish in that top four position, but Adelaide coming off that loss to Brisbane, how will they respond? And the Kangaroos... You know, everybody's talking about them as the bridesmaids. You know, they've, they've well, always been there. I saw a stat. There. Did you see the stat on social media? They had a stat with kangaroos in the competition. They're like three wins and 15 losses against the the big three, Brisbane, yeah. Melbourne, Adelaide. But every other team, they're like 34 and four yeah, yeah. or something. So they, they they dominate every other team except these big three. They just can't get over. And that that's, I guess, a bit of a hoodoo, yeah. isn't it? So yep. if they can get over to South Australia, take on Adelaide and take a win there, that'll be big for them heading into a finals campaign. Absolutely. Hey, we will get Isabel Dawes up next, the young Brisbane star. They take on St Kilda. Stick with us. We'll be back right after this.
You're listening to Footy Talk. If you are listening on Spotify, please hit the bell. Uh, As we mentioned before the break, Abby, we have a very special guest joining us today, a little superstar for the Brisbane Lions, Isabel Dawes. Welcome, Belle. First of all, big game this weekend against the Mighty Saints coming down to Melbourne, but you must be uh, full of confidence after a big win against the Crows last week. Yeah, for sure. Um, That was just a bit bit of a, um, you know, uh, let us know that we are doing the right thing in the comp and, yeah, we were pretty pumped to come off a win against the Crows. What was it? They got it done against Adelaide. Um, you know, they've been a, a powerful force of the competition for a number of years now, but you guys just played them beautifully last weekend. Yeah, I think it was just a lot of grit. Like, it, it was a big, big team game. You know, everyone stood up in moments. I was pretty happy that my moment got to be at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, we just fought and just didn't give up. Pressure, desperate, um, which, which we kind of pride ourselves on up at the Lions. What's what's the secret with the Brisbane Lions? Because you're such a consistently good football team. You've lost some good players yeah. this season, Emily Bates and Jesse Wardlaw, etc. But you just continue to find ways to win. What's the, the culture like? And maybe give us an insight into Craig Starcevich and what's he like as a coach? Yeah, I think, like, obviously we have lost some um, – key players but we do pride ourselves on just not relying on them like playing as a team and yeah I guess off the back of pressure um you know we don't really like we do obviously value stats um and disposals but we, we more look at yeah who's working hard and then then the offense just comes from that so yeah I guess that's a little bit of insight and something that Craig really prides and it's just yeah followed down from the top. It has been super impressive to watch though hasn't it Joey since yep. season one season two you guys have lost you know Taylor Harris Sabrina Frederick a number of big names of the competition yep. but you just continue to be competitive week in or season in season out but I want to ask you about Ali Anderson I love watching her go about her footy she will become the league's me first too, player <laughs> to yeah. reach the 75 game mark on Saturday she is just so consistent for you guys, isn't she? She's a great player. She really is, and it's awesome for Ali to reach that milestone and playing with her in the midfield. Like you say, you love watching her. I do too. Mm. Like I just – her work rate around the ground, she's everywhere. And even just her leadership on the ground, like she really inspires me um, being in there with her. And, yeah, I can't talk more highly about Ali. Like I want to be playing as consistently as she is one day, so – yeah, really excited for her this weekend. Speaking of leadership, you joined the leadership group this season. How have you taken to that? Is it something that's always come quite naturally to you? Yeah, I, I love bringing energy to the group and my love for the group just grows over time. But to be voted in this year, like I've always kind of put my hand up the last maybe three years and yeah, to, to know that my team trusts me and want me in that role, I think it's just given me a new level of confidence to just, you know, go out there and do my thing. And, yeah, they just have faith in me. So I've just been loving that role, honestly. And it's your fifth season and easily your best season. Belle, I want to ask, we know you're sitting fourth on the ladder and, you know, you've got the eye on, on the finals and making sure you secure top four. But do the girls have half an eye on the McClellan Trophy? Because this year was introduced that the, the, between the men's and the women's teams, mm-hmm. the team that wins the most games gets a million dollars. And if you can beat St Kilda this week, um, it almost looks like you'll get that McClellan. Is that something that's been spoken about amongst the girls? Yeah, it's kind of been mentioned. I think it's more about around the girls. Um, we'd be lying if you say you're not running out playing a game thinking, oh, if we lose this, you know, we're not going to win a million dollars. And I think next week, you know, like that's kind of in the back of your mind, just to push a bit harder. But it's not something we speak about, like, I guess, Craig's voicing, but obviously it's in the mind. Like, how could it not be? Um, and, yeah, we're pretty pumped for that in itself just because we're versing Melbourne and 
you know, there's a lot of lot of um, heartbreak there, I guess, and unfinished business that we've got to deal with. Yeah, there's plenty of, of uh, motivation there. But just with that money, have you have you worked out or know how it's going to be divided if you do win it? Like you're saying it's in the back of the mind. Have you sort of just done the maths and gone, this is just how much it is for each individual? Not really. I'm not really a numbers kind of girl. <laughs> I think an article came out the other day and someone said something, but I'm just I'm just here to play footy. Like, yeah, <laughs> I just think, oh, $1 million is cool. Um, let's get the win. $1 million is cool. <laughs> Mate, my eyes would be lighting up. Hey, yeah. what about your partnership and your great friendship with Kathy Svark as well? You both debuted in round one of 2020. Um, you have been on this journey together and you both played your 50th together a few weeks ago. So what's what's it been like to be able to share the journey with such a great friend of yours? Yeah, I think it's really awesome. And even we're on the podcast together and, yeah, I think just reflecting on it, having conversation, you just realise like how much of a journey it is and to share that together, I think we're pretty similar in the likes of mindset and we kind of look to Ali and we, we almost idolise her, like want to play like her, but... Yeah, just, just our midfield game and balancing off each other. I think we work really well as a team. And, yeah, I think I've just loved doing that with Kathy. Like, the way I speak about Ali is kind of the way I speak about Kathy too. Like, just I love being in the midfield with them too. Uh, very cool. A quick, quick word on the game this week against St Kilda. Obviously been in pretty good form. They were disappointing against Fremantle last week. Mm-hmm. And coming up against your old friend Jessie Wardlaw, is there going to yeah. be a bit of lip? Who would <laughs> give friend, the lip? Best and- friend, you've got to chuck that in. She's one of the best friends, but, yeah. yeah. <laughs> is she one of your best friends? Yeah, she is. It's funny, we talk, we had a talk the other week and she goes, oh, who's playing on me? And I'm like, I don't know. And if I did, I'm not telling you. Like, <laughs> so that'll, that'll be um, exciting. And we know what, yeah, obviously they're coming off a loss and we know what it's like to respond after a loss. So we know it'll be fiery. Obviously they had Choch and Lambert when they versus um, Collingwood and, you know, how, how they go against, you know, ex-teammates. So we reckon they'll bring a bit of that. Um, with Jesse in there as well. You gave us some commentary gold when you came up against Hawthorne with Emily Bates in there in the midfield. Are you going to get a little bit lippy with oh, the old Jesse? It's a bit more giggly with Jesse, so I don't know if I can do it seriously. Like, it's like you were at opposite ends, and she's about a metre taller than me, so we won't match up. But we'll, we'll see what happens. I'll let you know. Get me on the commentary again. I'll let you know. Yeah, well, we will be watching on part of the commentary team on Saturday, so we will keep an eye on that matchup. Just give her an elbow in the guts as you run past her, just for a bit of fun. That, that'll be for you. That'll be for you. Thank you very much. Hey, Belle, we've appreciated your time on the show. We've loved watching not just you, but the Brisbane Lions, as mm. we said, the most. I think they're the fittest team in the comp. Yep. Um, Abby, they are freaks. Continue on the good form. Good luck for the finals, and we appreciate your time. Thanks, Belle. Awesome. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks for having me. Isabel Dawes there, Brisbane Lions, touched on them. They're just a powerhouse. And we've spoken about the big four. We know that they mm. are head and shoulders above, but it's tough to do culturally when you've got players leaving year after year, but to continue to back up, it just says a lot about that football club. Absolutely. And Craig Starsevich has been so vocal, hasn't he, on the exits of the footy club over the past few seasons. But as I said, they just continue to show up. They continue to be one of the most competitive sides in the competition, and I've loved watching them from season one. Well, thank you, Abby. If you do have a question for us, make sure you hit us up on Instagram. Instagram or on TikTok. On Monday, Kate McCarthy will be in with Rewatts. Until then, enjoy your weekend.